everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes is a Bull podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm going to teach you the two words that will really help you with the first stage of a great goal. The first stage is dream. Now, why is dream the first stage you always need when you want to pursue a goal? Why is that the first step, the very first thing you need to think about? Well, there are four stages to a successful goal. I've talked about them for a few episodes now, but just in case you haven't heard any of those other episodes, if this is your first episode, you've just dropped into the world of all it takes as a goal, here are the four stages. The four most important stages for a goal are number one, dream. Number two, plan. Number three, do. And number four, review. And we defined each of them by asking a question. So in the dream stage, the question you're really asking is, what do I want to do? Of all the things I can do, and there's a million things, of all the things that are possible, of all the options, of all the situations and opportunities, what do I want to do? That's what dreaming's all about. The plan stage, you're asking this question, how will you do it? Okay. You, you dreamt, you've got this idea, there's a thing you want to do, there's a goal you have, so how are you going to do it? It's the planning stage. Third stage, do. This one's fun because it's very, very simple. Are you doing it? That's the question. Are you doing it? That's the question you have to ask of, okay, am I in motion right now? Am I taking action? Am I putting time against this? Am I actually doing the thing I said I wanted to do? So if I dreamt up that I want to write a novel during the dream stage and I planned out my writing sessions and I have a calendar and I'm all ready, am I actually sitting down but in seat and writing? Or if I dreamt about wanting to get in shape and I was going to train for a 5k and I planned out my runs and I bought my shoes at Fleet Feet. They're not a sponsor, but feel free to slide into those DMs, Fleet Feet, because I love you guys. Am I actually running? Am I doing the miles? Am I doing my laps? Whatever. Um, that's the do stage. And the final stage is review. And the review stage is pretty simple too. Did it, did it work? That's the question. Did the thing you were doing work? And if it did, amazing, amazing, keep doing it. If it didn't, go back to plan and make some changes. Or if you discover in the review, wow, I I hate this. I don't like this at all. Go all the way back to dream. That's what happened to me with cycling. I decided to become a road cyclist. It's very popular. I live outside of Nashville. There's so many bikers. And I was like, oh, okay, I've got some friends that do it. Like maybe it's better for my knees. Um, you get to buy cool gear. Like I, I think 82% of being a cyclist is buying cool gear. And so I was like, I like all those things. So I bought a bike and then um, I did it. I did a lot of do, a uh, couple hundred miles, I'd say. And then I reviewed it and I realized I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. If you love it, awesome. Everybody gets to do something different with their life. But for me, cycling was not my jam. The joke I sometimes do is I don't like any activity um, that involves possibly getting hit by a car fairly regularly. Like my friend got hit three different times by three different cars until his family finally gave him a mountain bike 
kind of like in this intervention, they're like, hey, we think you need to go into the woods and get off of the roads. I have friends who get hit by cars that are cyclists and they barely tell the story. They're like, yeah, I got hit by a car. They don't even tell it dramatically. I would tell that story for the rest of my life. So anyway, I review it and I go, I don't like this. This is not my jam. So I didn't go back to plan. Like, let me plan a different way to be a cyclist. I went all the way back to dream and was like, okay, I need a new fitness dream because the one I picked not for me. So those are the four steps. Now, last week, I told you the four specific places that four specific types of people get stuck. Dreamers get stuck in the dream stage. They never leave the dream stage. They dream, they dream, they dream, they dream, they dream. They just never actually move to plan. That's where they get stuck. Perfectionists get stuck in the planning stage because there's no end to planning. There's no bottom. You can plan for the rest of your life. You can outline a book for the rest of your life. You can have charts on charts on charts and business plans and do all the things and never actually sell a product. So perfectionists want it perfect. They say, until it's perfect, I can't actually start doing it. Like, I just got to get the plan perfect. Perfectionists get stuck in the plan stage. Procrastinators get stuck in the do stage because they always just put it off. They go, you know what? I'm going to Mm, I'm going to crush this goal. Like as soon as I, re- like uh, like tomorrow, whoo, watch out. It's going to be great. You're going to be blown away by the amount of do that I put into this goal. But they never actually do it because the procrastinators, they just put it off. Then finally, hustlers get stuck in the review stage because they never stop to review. They're all do, 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 do. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hustle, hustle, hustle. We got to grind, we got to grind. They never stop to go. Hey, is this stuff I'm doing working? They're like heads down. I just got to do it. They never pause because they don't see the value in the review. So those are the four places four different people get stuck. If you haven't heard that episode, take a listen when you get a chance. We'll link it in the show notes. Now, today we're going to deep dive into dream and discuss the two words that will help you the most in this stage. Why? Why do these words matter? Well, I think about it like packing the right things for the trip you're going on. There are tools that will really help you in the dream stage that won't help you in the review stage, for example. It's kind of like bringing snow skis on a trip to Kansas. Like if you ever go to Kansas, you don't need to pack snow skis. You don't need to be like, you know, just in case, um, like my hotel is near one of those sweet, sweet Kansas ski mountains. I want to be prepared. That's the wrong thing to pack for Kansas. You don't need a surfboard on a trip to Colorado in January. Like if you were like, oh man, I got a great, like I'm really into surfing. Kelly Slater, shout out. Like I'm going to surf in Colorado in January. That's the wrong thing to, to bring. You don't, you don't need that. Unfettered, boundless, no rules creativity during the dream stage. That's amazing. It's so helpful. It's so powerful. Unfettered, boundless, no rules creativity during the do stage. It's destructive and distracting. Wrong tool for that stage. I saw this kind of thing happen a hundred times at the companies I worked for over the years. Often, an executive was too busy to review some project when we needed their feedback. Like, we needed them to dream. Like, we were inviting them into that to go, hey, you're an expert at this. We need you to review this. We're in the concept stage, so there's plenty of room to dream and change and really have a vision. And we'd show them the work. And they'd skim through it because they didn't have time. And they'd give us like a thumbs up for like, hey, yeah, yeah, keep proceeding. You're in a great spot. And they weren't really looking at what they were saying yes to. And then some catalog or direct mail piece was about to be sent to the printer. Like it was about to leave the building and go to the printer. And all of a sudden they go, 
I don't know. I don't really like this lamp orb. What if we used a nautical theme for this whole project? Has anybody can just like boats? What if we, I know we've spent like three months on like a desert scene, but what if, just hear me out, what if the answer was boats and the project manager would have to kindly say, oh, um, so we're beyond the concept stage of this project. Concept is just a different word for dream. Um, it goes out tomorrow. So you've already approved it. Um, and, and we, we don't have space for that type of feedback. Uh, we'd love it. We would love it. This is just the wrong part of the process to get that kind of feedback. You see, they tried to add a bit of dream to the wrong stage and it creates a bad experience for everyone. I don't want that to happen to you. So let's jump into the dream stage and figure it out together. There are two words I want you to keep in mind when you sit down to dream up your goals. Number one, messy. Number two, inspiring. That's it. Those are the first two words that I want you to consider. First word, messy. When you start dreaming, you've got to make it messy. When I encourage people to write down what dreams they have, most of the time, they think I'm asking them to write down a dream, one dream. They think they need a single dream, a true north, if you will, a finite finish line that they will march toward. And I, I think you eventually might need that. But at the start of a goal, your dream should be much messier than that. Instead of trying to perfectly capture what you want, give yourself some space to brainstorm. If you had a health goal, I would never say to you, hey, um, before you start this goal, I need you to tell me the exact dream that you want to have accomplished when all this is over. Instead, I'd say, hey, tell me the three to five dreams you want. And maybe you would say, you know what? I want to feel more comfortable at our neighborhood pool this summer, or I want to be able to go on longer walks with my family without getting tired so quickly. So that's like a stamina dream, or I want to lose 10 pounds. Like that's a specific weight loss dream, or I want to stay consistent with my diet. That's a consistency dream, or I want to drink more water. Like I noticed that I, I always forget to drink water. I want to drink more water. I feel better when I drink more water. That's a water dream, or I want to reduce the amount of queso I eat. Now that last one got real personal for me because that's part of my health goals. You think I joke about queso online, um, like it's a shtick I'm doing, like saying I'm super tall, but I assure you if I have a container of queso in the house, I'm, I'm eating that container. That's, that's our arrangement. That's me and queso's arrangement. Um, particularly if it's ponchos from Costco, like, oh my gosh, I, it's too much. It's too much. So we're going to refine your goals as we go, but I, I try to get you to create a bunch of messy goals at first. Now, in lesson two of the Guaranteed Goals community, this year-long system I've put together, I'll teach you the five games every goal fits in. I mean, it's so much easier to dream when you recognize the games that move your life forward, and there's only five. We'll link that in the show notes if you're curious. But for today, I just want you to make a mess. That's your, that's your homework from this episode. I'm in the habit of like assigning a little bit to like, what if? I like assignments. I like activities. I like behind the scenes too. The more I do this podcast, the more I realize those are the things that like fire me up. It fires me up when one of our guests that we interview goes, Hey, try this. And then they give you like a really small little thing you can do. And you're like, Oh, it's a little bit of homework. Cool. Or it fires me up when one of our guests goes, yeah, I tried this thing in my own life. It blew up. Or I tried this thing in my own life and it really worked. I like the behind the scenes. So I'm trying to give you guys a little bit of both. I just want you to spend 30 minutes by yourself and write down as many goals for this year as you can come up with. Like, want to spend more than 30 minutes? Awesome. There's no maximum to the homework, just a, just a minimum. I mean, just go. No rules, 
No expectations. No, that'll never work. I don't have time for that. It's too expensive. Like, don't let any of those broken soundtracks, I call those broken soundtracks. You remember soundtrack is my phrase for repetitive thought. It's a book I wrote. You can find anywhere books are sold. But just go. Another way to approach this, like maybe you're not the sit down for 30 minutes kind of person, is collect the goals over time. So what do I what do I mean by that? Well, one of the things I do is I write down goals in my notebook. I have a notebook of ideas and I write down goals in it. And that's just one of like 50 things I write down. But in all caps, I write the word goal so I can easily see it. G-O. Why am I spelling goal? I there's no one here right now is like Man, I hope he spells out goal because I don't. Sometimes I forget how to spell that word. But I write down G-O-A-L in all caps. And then whatever the item is, I write it down. So in addition to sessions where I sit down for 30 minutes, because I do that, like where I'll sit down and be like, okay, I got to come up with some dreams for the year, this month, or like I'm working on my goals, like what am I doing? I also just give myself permission to dream all year and collect them as I go. Here are five I wrote down in December. Like this is January, so last December. Here five I wrote down. Goal, do a content plan slash calendar for 2023 and 2024. I've learned that the further out I plan, the better the content I create. Go, go figure, really mind blowing. My natural tendency is to be chaotic with my content, creating one of the pieces one by one by one by one, and they're not connected to a bigger mission. And I want to change that. So what's the easiest way to change things? With goals. That's why the January content on this podcast has been so consistent. I dreamed it, I planned it, I did it, and I reviewed it. That's one of the goals I wrote down. Another goal I wrote down, goal number two, get rid of all but one of the one-star annuals. What is What does that even possibly mean, one-star annual? So in advertising, there's this annual called the one-star. It's like the Oscars of advertising. And when I was in advertising, I spent like, I don't know, 13, 14 years in advertising, that was the creme de la creme, the elite of the elite. It was like an amazing, amazing source of inspiration for me. And they sell these big annuals, like they're thick. They're like a phone book. If you're young, like it's, it was like if Google had telephone numbers in it and then they printed it and threw it in your driveway. Like I wish they stopped doing it, but I wish that I could have had a sign in my yard that said, I'd know about Google. And then they just wouldn't have bring me, brought me that phone book. So it's this really thick book with these gorgeous ideas in them. And I have probably 15 volumes of them and it's taking up a ton of space on my shelf and it's no longer something that inspires me. And so I need more space on my book, my shelves for books that are inspiring me. I also need more space for Lego sets because Jenny has given me one, one row. I've got one shelf and it's getting full. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six spots on it right now. And I'm about to do the Lamborghini Lego set and I need a spot for that. So I need to get rid of all my one star annuals. I'm going to keep one because I think it's a fun memory, but I don't need probably 15. Goal number three, make everything you do in quarter one a system. That's a goal for me. Sometimes I reinvent the wheel a dozen times a day instead of pausing and saying, huh, am I going to do this activity again? Would it be easier if I turned it into a system? Can I document it and make it repeatable? I'm a writer. So much like planning, systems don't come naturally to me. They don't. But I see the tremendous value in them. So I'm making systems a goal. Another goal I wrote down, goal number four. Think of this year as an adventure to leap into, not a disaster to avoid. Let me say that again because it's a soundtrack for me. This year is an adventure to leap into, not a disaster to avoid. 
That's a thought I want to remember. Sometimes I use the threat of fictional disaster as a form of motivation to get into gear. I go, man, if you don't do this now, it's going to be really terrible a month from now. If you don't do this, like things could fall apart. If you don't do this, this clan could be upset. Like, and I use that as a form of motivation, but I'm beginning to see it as a broken form of motivation. Because what happens is you're constantly thinking about worst case scenarios and dodging bullets that aren't even there yet. So instead, I'm going to work on flipping that to... This year is an adventure to leap into. I'm going to do the work because of the rewards that'll come, the excitement that'll come, the commitment I've made, all these positive things versus you just got to stay one step ahead of like disaster. Disasters are on every possible corner. It's not a particularly fun way to live. It's a part of my mindset I'm changing. Last one, number five, interview Caleb Gregory on your podcast. I wrote that down in my notebook. He's my CrossFit trainer and owns CrossFit East Nashville, a super successful CrossFit gym. And I think he'd be interesting to interview. I I really do. So I wrote that down. Now, those goals are kind of all over the place, but that's okay. Like one was specific, like interview Caleb. One was an attitude, like think of it as an adventure. One was a really a decluttering goal, like get rid of these physical books. You no longer need them. They're all over the place, but that's okay because at this stage, the dream stage, it's supposed to be messy. Make it messy. That's your first word. The second word you need to use during the dream stage is inspiring. I repeat, You have to make your goals inspiring. When it comes to picking goals, I like to use the Goldilocks method. I don't want them to be too big or too small. I want them to be just right. So how do you figure that out? Well, we're going to have to use our imagination. I need you to, like, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. Um, But just imagine a horizontal line. On one end of the line, the left end of the line, if you're looking at a piece of paper, your left, it says boring. On the other end of the line, it says overwhelming. In the middle, it says inspiring. Can you guess where you need to land? If your goal is too simple, you'll get bored of it and you won't grow and you'll give up. If you can accomplish your entire goal right now with very little effort, without stretching at all, without changing one little bit, you'll get bored and never move forward. Here's a way to think about it. You shouldn't be able to accomplish tomorrow's goal with today's skills. You shouldn't be able to accomplish tomorrow's goal with today's skills. A good goal invites you to learn new skills, try new things, stretch beyond your current abilities, meet new people, make new connections. And in the process, it might confuse some other people like this goal you're working on. The way I think about it is like many of the adventures you go on will not make sense to the people around you because the outcome is unknown. But journeys where the outcome is already known are not adventures. They are errands. And you were created to do more than run errands. So you have to stretch. It can't be boring. On the other hand, if your goal is too overwhelming, you'll, you'll get frustrated and you'll quit in the face of such insurmountable odds. That was one of the most surprising things about the research we did for my book, Finish. We discovered that the majority of people overestimated the results they could achieve at the start of a goal and came up with results that were far too big. To jump back to a running analogy, it reminds me of when I meet people who say, I'm going to start running. And I'll respond, that's that's great. And then they'll say, yeah, I've I've never run before, but I think I'm going to do a marathon. And I'll say, whoa, whoa, have you ever thought about a 10K or a 5K or even just, okay, get a tiny little medal? And they say, nope, I heard an Eminem song. I'm all inspired. I'm going to do the Ironman this weekend. I'm going to Kona. I'm doing it. I'm going to get a carbon fiber bike. Let's go. And that's not sustainable and they inevitably give up. That's what perfectionists tend to do. Perfectionism encourages you to have massive goals that end up being overwhelming. 
Last year, a guy named Ethan sent me a DM on Instagram and he told me he was doing the opposite approach and it was working. Here's what he said. This is a direct quote. He said, John, I started listening to your podcast at the beginning of the year and decided to become a runner. I have not even run half a mile since junior year of high school, a solid seven years ago. He said, I moved to Florida from Virginia and started at half a mile at a time. After two and a half months of running minimum three times a week, I hit my initial goal of being able to run two miles straight at a healthy sub 10 minute per mile pace. Now I want to run a 5K, a 10K, and maybe, maybe even a half marathon. All you need is a goal. That's what he said. By the way, thanks for the shout out to the podcast. I see what you did there, Ethan. I appreciate it. Do you see what he did though? What he really did? A half marathon would have been too overwhelming at the beginning. A tenth of a mile would have been too boring. So he set his goal in the middle. He made his goal inspiring. He said, I'm going to run two miles straight at a healthy sub 10 minute pace per mile. And then he started with half a mile a day, worked his way up to that two mile goal. And then he set his sights on a new goal. I bet he'll repeat that same process by picking a 5K and then a 10K and then a half marathon. As you think about your goals, make sure you pick something that is inspiring enough that it stretches you beyond your current comfort zone, but not so overwhelming that it cripples you before you even begin. A good goal escapes the comfort zone and avoids the chaos zone. So what, what's the chaos zone? There are actually three performance zones you need to navigate when you work on goals. I'll teach you what they are in lesson four of the Guaranteed Goals community. Check out acup.me slash goals if you're curious. But now it's your turn. Take out your notebook or your post-it note or just a blank piece of paper and draw the horizontal line. Maybe do it on an iPad if you're like super fancy and, and have technology. A, a lot of times all my examples sound so old-fashioned. I'm like, take out your knife and carve it into a tree. All right. Take it out. Draw a line. Write boring on the left side, write overwhelming on the right side, and inspiring in the middle. Now, where would you plot your goal on this line? Right now, if you have a goal, where would you draw a star? Is your goal too boring? How would you dream a little bigger? Like, could you dream a little bigger? Like, maybe your goal was read one book this year. Boring. Read 100 books this year? Woo-hoo, woo. Overwhelming. Read 12 books this year? Ah, that's inspiring. Maybe your goal was go on a date, one date this year with my significant other. Boring, boring. Go on two dates a week, twice a week, every week this year. Ooh, go on 104 dates. That's a little bit overwhelming. Go on a date once a month, maybe even twice a month. That's inspiring. Now, I'll be honest. This is a bit of a dance. There's a tension here, but think about that line. If you have a goal you're working on right now, where would you mark that goal? If you had to draw a little tiny star where it's like, okay, it's boring or it's inspiring. I'm right in the middle. Or like, whoa, now that you say it, this thing is overwhelming. Like I've really set myself up for failure because it's so overwhelming. Now I'll be honest. This is a bit of a dance. There's a tension here. How do you know when you've landed in between those two opposites, boring and overwhelming and have the kind of goal that's going to propel you into success? Well, it takes time. It takes practice. It takes experimenting. But it starts with those two words, messy and inspiring. That's what you need to focus on during the dream stage of your goal. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. Here's one from Kim Casillas that I love. Kim said, simply awesome. He loosens you up with humor, dot, 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 that she wrote that. I mean, she didn't say dot, dot, you know what I mean. 
dot, 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 and then drops a truth bomb that changes everything. Thank you so much for saying that, Kim. That's always my goal is that you guys get practical, tactical things you can do, that it's fun along the way, um, and that it's honest. It's real life, and real life is often messy, and let's talk about that. So thank you for saying that, Kim, and thank you, everybody else, for writing reviews. I really appreciate those. Make sure you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss another episode. I'll see you next Monday, and remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast.